Hey, Eric Music here. Welcome to the Subscription Box Show. And if you enjoy this podcast or it has even helped your business in any way, then I'd ask you to please consider supporting the show by visiting the subscriptionboxshow.locals.com. Any dollar amount would be a blessing to us. Thank you so much for considering. All right. I am super excited to have all the way from Northampton, England, sisters, sister entrepreneurs, young sisters, nonetheless. So wait for this, guys. They're 14 and 12-year-old sisters that have started their own subscription box and are crushing it over there in the UK. It is none other than Avon and Kirsten Mbawa from Happier Every Chapter. Welcome here. Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Okay. So maybe one at a time, tell me a little bit about yourselves. One just had a birthday, just turned 14. So maybe we'll start with the elder sister and then we'll go in to talk about Avon and her as well. Yeah. So I'm Kirsten. I'm 14 years old and I'm a co-founder of the company Bauer Books. Some things I like to do, of course, I love reading and writing and I also like playing tennis. That's one of my favorite sports. I like doing gymnastics. There you go. I'm Avon Bauer. I'm also co-founder of Bauer Books. And I like to read and write as well as Carson. And we also both like to play a lot of netball and tennis. So yeah, we consider ourselves quite sporty. Yes. Well, that makes three of us then because I also love sports too. That's like my biggest passion other than subscription boxes, of course, and my family's. But sports is a big part of what we do here as well. So maybe different sports here. It's mostly white and cold most of the time with our winter being a big part of what we do. So we play a lot of hockey, not so much a lot of tennis, but we can talk about sports for another time. So maybe right now, and feel free to one of you guys, whoever wants to go first and chime in. Usually this is the part where I like to ask some of the entrepreneurs that come onto the show, you know, tell me a little bit about your high school self or your, or your younger self. Well, you guys are already quite young, but tell me, is this subscription boxes? How did this start? Was it something that came from some of the books we're going to get into? You guys are published authors, which is unbelievable, but maybe bring us to a younger version of yourselves. And how did this all start to sort of come together? Was it always something where maybe you had an entrepreneurial itch? Was it maybe mom or another family that member that inspired you to do this? So in 2019, we entered the BBC 500 Bar Competition, which is a competition for children. And you have to write 500 Bar short stories. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but with our entries, we turned them into tens of thousands of words, which are our books now. And shortly after we published our books, Mine's Called Sagas of Anya, and Mine's Called Land of the Neurogons, we wanted a way to promote our books even more. So we were looking for subscription boxes to get our books into. Mm. We didn't really find any that we sort of wanted to put our books into. So we thought, oh, why don't we create our own subscription box? And at that time, we also found a gap in the market for diverse subscription box businesses. So we thought we could also incorporate that with our subscription box. And that's how we started our subscription box, Happy Every Chat. Love that. And so maybe let's go. We'll touch about that. You know, you mentioned it quickly because I did read on your site and I've actually had other entrepreneurs on the show that mentioned the same thing, like only 8% of kids books in 2020 featured a minority ethnic main character. That's unbelievable to think again in this day and age with such diversity all over the place and so many opportunities for anyone to start writing. So maybe let's go right, right into that. Like the underlying premise, was it something like you books touch on? You mentioned the two books that you guys did, right? Was there always an underlying um, theme that this is what you guys want to bring to the surface for more people to realize what was going on? Yeah, so definitely. Well, with our search for books, subscription boxes to put our books into, it definitely opened an eye for us. We always knew that there was a lack for diverse subscription boxes for diverse book boxes, but we didn't realize it was really that bad. And it was really, really tough search. And eventually we thought that, you know what, there's no subscription boxes out there that include diverse themes. 
So what's stopping us from starting one ourselves? And that's always been our passion. Even before we started our subscription box, we've always loved to promote diversity in every way possible. So yeah, I'd say. Yeah, it's interesting because I guess you guys love to read already. So you must have noticed it growing up that either when, when mom was reading a storybook or you're going to the library or whatnot, however, you would just notice that there was a lack of that diversity with the main characters. Was it something that was hard to kind of then um, identify yourself with when you're listening to the books? I mean, a good book's a good book, but is there something to be said there about that? Yeah, I think when it's when you're younger, it's really inspiring to maybe see a character in a book that is like the same race as you or looks the same as you. But for young children, they might feel a bit you know, discouraged if they see a character and so many characters in so many different books that are of one race. So I think, yeah, that was a big thing about us growing up. And mum did try to find some more diverse books for us. Of course, it was quite difficult to find some. But this, our school did try their best to, you know, put some diverse books into our sort of reading programme. But it's really hard to find them, especially like back then. It was way harder. Now it's getting slightly easier. Okay, so I'm going to go into a little bit of a different direction here. So someone who's in it's wants to maybe who loves reading, who's already thought about maybe writing a book, you guys put together in a contest in this BBC 500. Like you mentioned, you didn't win, but it put the gears in motion. You guys start to think about being authors at that point probably, right? So now because you want to get into subscription boxes, so maybe just quickly for those who are maybe thinking of writing a book that are just not quite ready to pull the trigger, is there some kind of a tip or advice you would give someone? Well, I definitely think that you know what, even if you do want to write a book and you're afraid that, oh, what if I take a million years to do it? Just do it anyway, because I think a lot of people, what discourages them from writing a book is that they think that there's like a ticking time bomb and they have to do it by a certain time and they have to get it done and put out into the world within like two years. And really, no matter how long it takes you, in the end, you're still going to have a written book. And you know what, it's your project. You can just take as much time as you want with it. If you think that there's something that could be improved on, you can improve on that thing. If you think that there's something that needs to be changed, you can change that thing. So I definitely think don't try to put more pressure on yourself because it's already very pressuring writing a book of your own. So just take your time. And it is really a fun task to do. So just make sure you enjoy it and don't let yourself discourage you. Did you want to add on that, Kirsten? Or is it, did your sister cover that pretty good there? Yeah, I think it is really hard, especially if you're younger. There's lots of things that can get in the way of writing stories. Like for us, we were, I was in secondary school and even I think still in primary when we were sort of writing our stories. I think that's elementary school and middle school. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you have like for secondary school, there's a significant amount of more homework that you get in primary. So I think it was a bit tougher on me because I had homework to do. We had, you know, clubs outside of school. We still wanted to sort of like do what normal kids get to do as mm. well writing our books so things like that can sort of think oh like and you can look at your friends and sort of say oh they get to like go out every weekend and they get to do this but at the end of the day this is like something that's going to make your life in the future even now better so it can be hard to push through it we know that firsthand but you just have to you know just try and at the end product when you're holding your book you'll be so happy that you've just gone through it especially yeah. if you're passionate about it we're passionate about writing so that does really help as well and helps us push through the hard times. Yeah, there's a couple of things there I can pull out. I think that you guys give fantastic advice. And I think one of them is like your passion. People say, follow your passion, follow your passion. What can that be? And, and sometimes that leads, they think it leads to a dead end. And to add to that, I think the second part is, you know, whether it's writing a book or whether it's building a business, whether you're a 12 and 14 year olds like you guys, or whether you're adults like myself and people find yourselves busy with work, you know, so they're seeing yourselves busy with work, they get home. 
So, you know, just the correlation with the school and the work, right? So you get home, you're tired from work, maybe you have a family, and now you don't want to find the time to put in because you're looking at all your other friends and they're maybe going out for a beer at the pub or they're maybe either bringing their kids to some sports or they just want to relax and chill and, and watch a Netflix show instead. But I think there's something to be said, what you touched on, um, Avon, was that, yeah, at some point, it's going to set yourself up for a better life if you do put in that time, regardless when you're, you know, you maybe sacrifice. And it comes on to sacrifice, right? Whether you're sacrificing as a middle school or a secondary school person, or whether you're an adult that has to maybe sacrifice some Netflix time or some pub time, whatever it is, <laughs> to put in some work for their side hustle until it becomes their full-time business, right? Exactly. Okay. So, well, it's nice. You guys are writing books. What was the first step? Or maybe let's back up even from that, like subscription boxes. So you've thought, okay, it's a good idea to maybe we should start our own subscription boxes. What was the kind of the first step you guys did to get that ball rolling? So obviously you need to know what you're going to put in your subscription box, the theme of it. And we always knew that we wanted it to be a book box. So from that, we just kind of mapped out what our subscription box was going to look like, what it was going to include, and the value of it, you know, all of the fundamental things, the basics. And we started, I think we started with the content of the box because you know, that's the most important thing. So we started with what we're going to put inside the box. And inside the box, we have two books, two short stories that we write every month. Yeah, so we just put in some lifestyle items in that and some bookish treats as well for our subscribers. And then from there, we sorted out the pricing and how often we were going to ship out our box because those are obviously the very important things. And then from there, it was kind of like a spider web. We just, each thing just trailed off to another and in the end, we had a complete web and it was amazing to just see it all come together and releasing our first box, which we did in November 2021. It's amazing. It is. Oh, no. Sorry, not 2021, 2020. 2020, yeah. Because <laughs> we, we actually, I was telling you know their mom before the show off air how we actually talked about maybe doing a show together last year around you know Christmas time. And we decided to wait a little bit and it kind of yeah. gave you guys more time to season yourselves a little bit more. But already you had some steam going with your business. So congratulations on the success and the continued success of your subscription box and your business. So just quickly on pricing or maybe even your background, let's talk about your background and then maybe we'll go into the pricing, how you landed on the pricing. Cause you do have two plans. You have subscription plans and then you have gift and one-off boxes. So we can talk yeah. about those maybe in the second half, but background, a lot of people think they need a background in business. Obviously you're not old enough to have that yet, but is there something learning on the go? Is there certain resources maybe out there or is it maybe just an influence from a parent or a family member or a friend? Well, our parents are both very entrepreneurial. Yes. <laughs> uh, they both have their own businesses. So that sort of helps us. And if you need any help with our business, they can come in and help us since they have their own businesses, which is really good. And there are, there have been a few courses that Bob showed us, like subscription box courses and how to, you know, run a successful subscription box. So yeah, we do get a lot of help from those, but it's mainly our parents since they both run their own businesses. And they sort of know like the in and outs of how to run a business properly. Yeah. And I think, you know, for those who are listening who are older <laughs> and maybe not have a parent or even don't, doesn't even have a parent that, you know, you might be younger and, but you might not have a parent that's entrepreneurial. You lean on other people who might be, you know, whether that's having to go into a course, like you mentioned, reading some books now that are available, some courses, there's all sorts of things there. You can um, free and paid resources. So I think, you know, leaning on a community where there might be someone you can talk to. I know there's lots of like-minded communities now with subscription entrepreneurs. So I think having um, the ability to humble yourself enough to ask questions and to ask for advice is always a, is a great thing. So now we're going to get maybe a little more granular into the nuts and bolts of the actual business. So first off, pricing. You know, this is kind of a, an issue where people want to always be competitive, but you don't want to price yourself out as well. How did you guys land on your pricing? And you guys offer two plans, correct? 
Yep, we offer two plans. So we have our one-off box or gift boxes. And it's basically where it's like a product that you see on Amazon. You just buy that and the box comes and that's all. And then we have our subscription plan and we have four different options. We have monthly plans. You get the box every month and you can cancel whenever. We have the three month plan. You get the box once every three months and then the subscription ends six months and 12 months, which I like the three month one, but with six and 12 months. And we chose to do these plans because I think especially for the one-off box, with the one-off box, it's nice because it's just like a little gift for someone you can get. Like for their birthday, you can just give them just a subscription box or for Christmas, you can just give someone our Christmas box. If you don't want to, you don't have to follow up with paying for the boxes afterward. But with a subscription, I think it's good for parents who want to encourage a child to read and don't just want to get it as a gift for them because every month you're getting two different books. And for some children, that is a lot of books to get every month. And I think it really encourages children within our age range, 8 to 14, to continue reading. Yeah, I love that. Do you want to touch on your pricing on the four plans? Yeah, so maybe then I'll ask a follow-up question on that. So just on your four plans, how did you price them all? Or are they all priced the same and it's just prepaid? Is it month to month? How did you guys set that up? So we price each box individually. So our monthly plan is like £30, like £29.99 per month. And then our three-month plan is, I think it's, 28? Yeah, 28 like per month. So in three months, you'll get three boxes in mm-hmm. three months. Yeah. And then our six-month plan is 27, 27, I believe. And then with our 12-month plan, I think it's like 26. I think the prices sometimes are quite hard to remember when you have like a various amount of boxes. I mean, recently... No, 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's not a problem. I'm just curious on like the difference between... Do you guys charge more or less for your one-off boxes? Oh, right. For our one-off boxes, we charge more. So the longer your subscription, the less the price will increase. And you also get 50% off of your first box if it's a 6 or 12-month subscription. So our 12-month box is a lot less than just a one-off box. I think one-offs are £30 and 12 months is about £26. Yeah, which is bang on what you, you how it should be. That's kind of like the structure of a subscription box. Now the pricing, you know, you you mentioned some of your prices. Not it doesn't really matter what if it's twenty nine pounds or if it's fifty pounds. The thing is, is how do you price that? So I mean, I guess first off, how's the shipping in the UK? And did that come into? Uh, was that a big factor on how you priced your boxes? Because the unique thing with your box, and maybe this is with you, if you're a local, ma- a small maker of some sorts, and you can make your own product, right? You don't have to go out and outsource that. So you guys write your own books, but there's still a production cost. There's still some operational costs, and then there's shipping costs. So how did you land on, you know, for example, let's just go with a 30 pound for a box? Yeah. So um, one thing that we like, we talked to them about, that's a really good idea, is if you add the shipping into the like original price. And I think that makes people want to buy the box more because if I see a product and it says like 20 pounds I'm like oh yeah I'll buy that and then it's seven pounds shipping or something I'm like oh you know that's too much but if I see 27 pounds I don't know something in my brain just makes me feel like it's less even though it's not so I sort of be more drawn to that thing and want to buy it more so instead of like adding on the shipping we add it on to our original price box and then also we have to consider other prices like with our short story we use a local printing company and that is obviously a big part of our books because we have two small short stories and then we have to ship them out to all of our subscribers. So we also have to consider that with the prices as well. And yeah, so that is also a factor of the pricing. 
When it comes to one-off boxes, and you mentioned a Christmas box. So you guys have like a specific box that's always there for like a Christmas box. Like maybe there's an Easter box, a Mother's Day box. Is there, are those certain things that you guys always have on your site that are available? So it just adds to your overall, the value of not only just the website, but don't in extra income as well on top of your memberships? Yeah. So after this month has passed, we'll have our January box as a one-off box. And I think it's really good because, you know, if you've missed last month, you're like, oh no, I didn't pay for my subscription. You can just go back and buy that box alone if you didn't want to get a subscription. So every year we have a different Christmas box to say. So it's not the same box as last year when it comes to Christmas. And that can be quite challenging, especially for like specific holidays like Easter and Christmas. Mm. But we do change the contents of the holiday boxes every month. Okay, so you guys land on a price, you land on some structure within the business, the website, these things we can all figure out on our own. So now you have something in place. You have some mentorship with your parents. What's the next step after that? You need to get the word out now. So this is a great idea. You guys think it's a great idea. You're putting in the work, but how do you get the word out? What was one of the first things maybe you did there? Well, one of the first things was we, well, because we were already quite active on social media. So we sort of set up an account for Bauer Books on social media. So we have an account on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and things like that, which are social medias that, well, I don't know about Facebook, but social medias that many sort of young <laughs> kids use, which is our target audience. So we did that. And then after we sort of looked for like local fairs, sort of in England, and we've been to quite a few book fairs where we promote our subscription boxes and our books and then we mum also tried really hard to get us into some papers we've been in quite a few papers and we've even made some appearances on tv so those are all really good ways of sort of promoting our business to a wide platform do you guys take part in paid advertising um well i'm under social media advertising but to be honest, that's a bit all confusing for us. Mum mostly handles that sort of advertising side of things. But yeah, she definitely does do social media advertising. And far from that, I don't think so. We do some influencer marketing. So we contact influencers and we sometimes do giveaways connected with them. And yeah, I'd say that is how it is for marketing. Well, that's great. I mean, the amount of influencers that must be willing to do this just to begin with. So is it mostly in the UK? Do you guys only, first of all, where do you guys ship? Do you guys ship internationally or just to the UK right now? We ship internationally, yeah. Okay. So are your influencers then have an international flavor? What does a typical influencer would look like? We do some accounts. I think we've been with an account where it's like a mom account, you know, so they post stuff about their children because that's very good target audience mm-hmm. as mums will probably follow that and they might have kids as well. And it's normally UK based because shipping is a lot easier when it comes to UK. But yeah, as Carson said, we do ship in internationally and we have actually shipped to quite a few different countries. So it's really cool. Love that. Okay, so I know you want to talk about connections. I think Aiden, you touched on that off air. So let's go there. Connections, I agree, are 100% an integral part of any business operation. Any entrepreneur, I think I got into business, but a big part of it was also because of a mastermind I had joined. It was called Build Your Network. It was all about connections and building that network because you know you hear the sayings. I've read a lot of books that had talked about it, but actually going out and doing it is a different thing. So I'll let yeah. you take the floor here a little bit on connections. And of course, Kirsten, I want your opinion on that as well. So let's talk about some connections and maybe how they've helped you. 
Yeah, so we've actually had quite a few connections through Facebook, lots of Facebook groups. My mum sort of runs Facebook because she knows more about how it works than us. But from lots of Facebook groups, there's a group called Lightbulb where mum gets lots of connections from. We had a connection where we met this woman called Claire and she took us on a course and we sort of got to help some of the kids in that course know how to write and we went into different rooms and taught them a bit. And we also got to do the course ourselves, which is a really good learning experience because you can never stop learning. And recently we had a connection with a woman called Joe Spendy, who gave us lots of good other connections to like editors and things like that. Editors also based in the UK, because with writing our books, we had an American editor. However, like the language and sort of writing style in America and the grammar is a lot different to the UK. Mm-hmm. So she connected us with an English editor and lots of you know other connections. And we have many more that led to other things like courses. We've done creative writing courses and things like that. So yeah, but most of our connections do come from Facebook and connections through connections. So, And I'd say to that is that it might seem that like even if you post something in a Facebook group and you think nobody's seen that, work gets around pretty fast in this modern day and age. And you never even know because some of the connections that we've been with have even led us to be in papers, to be on radio. Just putting yourself out there in the first place, because if you don't put yourself out there, then you're automatically going to fail because you're not, you know, in the light. You're not shining light on yourself, letting people know that you have a business, that you're ready to connect with other people as well. So just even just dropping a message in a Facebook group, you never know. You can just wake up in the morning and someone can say, we'd like to have you on TV. So definitely putting yourself out there in as much as possible, I'd say. I agree. I think Facebook groups is a great place to start. There's, and there's other things. There's masterminds. There's paid groups. There's, I mean, there's it's endless trade shows. I mean, there's conferences now. Like It's endless. So what's the subscription community like in the UK? I know a few of them myself, but I'm going to let you guys kind of touch on that. Is there something where you guys have done collaborations with other boxes maybe? Have you considered that? What's the community look like over there in Europe? So far, we haven't really done any collaborations, but we're looking to collaborate with some boxes. I think that's a really good way to promote our box and their box as well. This community in England is quite good. We found that it's actually sort of better in America. We find that there's a higher demand for subscription boxes in America, but it is quite good in England. There are lots of people who are interested in subscription boxes. It's just sort of about getting the word out and getting more people to know about our subscription box. So yeah, it's good, but I don't think it's as good as, you know, American places like that. It might be because there's more people, but we've just found that there's, you know, more people are interested in subscription boxes and also book subscription boxes. Yeah, I think it's growing just like Canada, right? I, I think a couple of years ago, definitely the States, it's always been a bigger thing, especially since the 2013, 14s. But now in the UK, it's been growing a ton. I know a lot of boxes that come out of there, but I've interviewed a lot of them and even in Canada. So I think it keeps growing I think there's never enough and there's always going to be more popping up. Now, it brings me to my last question for this kind of section here. Like your box, was it something where you even considered it being intimidating going into the space you're going into? A book of the month club essentially is what it is, right? Even though I know there's a few books and short stories, but essentially let's, you know, to keep it simple here, there's a lot of book of the month clubs and it could be intimidating going into a niche where it was already very crowded. So is it something you just knew you had a strong value proposition and you knew what you guys were going for that you knew you could separate yourself from the rest? Well, I do agree. I'd say it was a little bit intimidating. As you said, there's a lot of book of the month sort of clubs and subscription boxes out there. So we did think that, is it going to be easy to really get a lot of subscribers? As you know, it's kind of rare that people subscribe to multiple subscription boxes. So how do we know that people are going to choose our one? But 
it really comes down to the value of your box, what you include in your box. Because if you know that your box is really strong, what you have in that is something that someone would want to buy, then I don't think there's any cause to worry. Because if you've got something that's similar to a lot of other products, then there's not a definite chance that they're going to go towards your subscription box. But since, you know, we didn't really see anybody writing short stories for their boxes. And I think it definitely adds a spin on things that we haven't really seen out there as we have, you know, their own, our own unique side to our boxes. So I think if you have that one part of your box, that one quality that makes it outshine, well, not outshine, but that makes it that little bit more special, then I don't think there's any need to cry. And I think you can be quite confident going into the market. Yeah, I agree. I think as long as you, uh, I'll use a, an English term here, no rubbish in your boxes, right? You don't want your quality, <laughs> high quality content for sure. 